Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Joe Valley. Joe, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Good to be here, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Well, man, I appreciate you taking time, and I have I have jerked poor Joe around all day long, telling him that I can do it on time. No, I've got to got a delay. No, I've got I can do it on time. No, I've got a delay. So he his flexibility has been tested, and he has proven that he is up to the challenge today. So, man, I appreciate your uh, your flexibility. Could you tell us a little bit about Joe Valley? Sure. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, obviously. I've been self-employed since 1997. So going on, what is that? Uh, 24 years now. Got a bit of gray on the chin. Um, first uh, foray into entrepreneurship was uh, starting uh, a media buying agency. I used to work for a, a very, I don't know, I don't want to say large. It wasn't actually at the time. Uh, uh, we did $100 million last year that I was there, a direct response marketing company up in Portland, Maine, which is uh, the area that I grew up in. Um, I said to myself, if, if, if I ever had $10,000 to my name, I would leave and start my own company. And I had owned a two-family at the time, and the tenants in the back paid the rent in the front. And um, I, I ended up leaving the company. I, I, I resigned before I, I would have gotten fired is the way I like to say it. I was promoted to my level of incompetence and, and needed to go off and do my own thing. Uh, I started a media buying agency and within 12 months, Kevin, I was making 10 times what I made at my last job, which is just a brilliant, wonderful, lovely thing. Within five months after that, I launched, launched my own product and we did it on radio and then did a television infomercial uh, and then I did the next one, radio, and then a television infomercial. Television infomercials were a total flop. I did not succeed with those, but the radio just crushed it. The last one I took 100% online in 2005, and I grew it through the best of the worst. And then the worst of the economy came out the other side of it, pretty pretty tired and ready to move on. So I sold my last e-commerce brand in uh, November of 2012 and uh, have been... Uh, on, on this new venture with Quiet Light, uh, which is an online M&A firm uh, ever since then. So did you, did you uh, I, uh, intentionally skip over the, the subject of that, of that uh, infomercial? I mean, it was, a, this, if I'm not mistaken, it was like an exciting um, hot sports brand or, or it was maybe colon cleansing or something like that. So. <laughs> You've done your research. You've done your research. Yeah. So the first, the first product that I did, it was that was on my own, and we did the television infomercial with. And my wife and I actually were the co-hosts of it. It was called Mega Firm, and it was actually a weight loss product. A lot of people like to make uh, dirty jokes about what that product could have possibly been, <laughs> um, but it was a, a weight loss program with a fitness a component to it. We had a, a great fitness guy, Jamie Brankus, who's did eight minute abs, eight minute buns, brilliant guy, still out there in the world doing great stuff. Um, we did that ourselves and it did okay, but we said some things in it, Kevin, that apparently were not up to stuff with the FTC, you know? So we, um, we hired a really good attorney to review it after we produced it and record really the, the wrong way of doing it. Um, and then we, uh, we edited it down 
and and then the results were you know barely break even. So we just stuck with our radio campaign. The second infomercial, which was yes, a colon cleansing product. Let me give you a little background, folks. Too much information here, but I was 29 years old living in Portland, Maine. There's more bars per capita than almost any other city in the country in Portland, Maine. It's a magical, wonderful place on the coast of Maine. Um, and I was single, living the life, not eating well, drinking way too much. And at the company that I worked for, we were selling a, a, a colon cleansing product through Direct Response Radio. And I had used it and I just felt amazing. I was incredible. I'm like, there's no way I should feel this good. If I ever leave this company, I'm going to start my own. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is a great product. feels great. And um, I, I left, it took me, you know, uh, four years to do it, but I did. The television infomercial was after the radio campaign. The radio campaign actually you know, crushed it. We did great. And naturally the next evolution is a TV infomercial. And I wasn't going to do that one myself. So I hired an ex-CNN host and a, a Doogie Hauser of the medical field. And it was a man for the host, uh, ex-CNN person, and a woman. And she was... Uh, maybe she was like 30 years old. She looked like a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. And it was just, <laughs> it was just not a good fit. She showed up and she didn't read the script. She didn't like Bob, who was the other host. He was a wonderful guy and they didn't get along. And I'm sitting there as the, you know, quote unquote executive producer going, I just lost a hundred thousand wow. dollars. And that doesn't count the media spend. It was yeah. so bad. Uh, and, and that's, you know, it, it was, it was a pretty uh, abysmal, um, on, on the results of that, but it was a great radio campaign, helped a lot of people. We, we morphed it into an entire digestive wellness program. So we had liver cleanse, probiotics, digestive support and digestive en enzymes and everything, a, a complete multivitamin program you know, geared towards digestive health. Um, and I had a web developer tell me, look, you, you'll never write a, run out of content, things to write about. And I didn't believe him, um, but I did. Uh, I did it. We, we wrote good quality content over the course of five years, all on digestive health, everything that, uh, you know, your body does in regards to dig digestion, whether it's your, your colon or your liver, your gallbladder, whatever it might be. Uh, and Google rewarded us. And until the dreaded update. penguin update, you've been listening. You've been, <laughs> you've been stalking me. All right. Yeah. So, no, the, the Penguin Ep eight, that wasn't me though, Kevin. That was a company I bought. Okay. Right? So I sold uh, uh, Puristat. Uh, that was the name of the brand. It was under a company I owned, Abbott Industries. And um, uh, it was a great business. Hundreds of thousands of organic visitors every month and a uh, nice recurring revenue stream to it. And I was bored and I sold it. I was working like 20 hours a week. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want this anymore. It's stupid, right? Um, <laughs> And then I went out and bought a colossal, just abysmal business that had, uh, it, it was growing like crazy. It was on auto insurance in the state of Texas. That was it. And my plan was to grow it to every different state. So it had 50 different URLs. <clears throat> and I think I, I closed on it on March 1st, 2012. And as I've said a few times on, on different podcasts, I had 42 amazing days. And then the Google Penguin update struck. And uh, the, the six keywords that it was ranking for that were on page one fell immediately to page two and then three and then four and then five. And within about a year, I lost about $280,000. Wow. So it was, I mean, uh, if you're on page, what, three, you could, you might as well be on page a thousand, right? 
Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, page three is the attention. When was the last time you went to page three? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I'm I'm thinking if you're on page two, you're almost in oblivion. So you are. Um, it's it's amazing, but so it's a. I want to get to what you're doing now and and have been for the last few years, but um, it seems like every great endeavor is kind of born out of almost necessity, you know, or or born out of out of uh, lessons learned or you're, you know, scratching your own itch. So kind of walk us through that, that transition. I mean, so is about, you said about 2012 that you started quite light or you became involved with quiet light. Yeah. I, I, let's say I became involved in quiet light, right? So quiet light was my broker, my brokerage firm back when I sold Puristat in the fall of 2010 and Jason Yellowitz, who's still with the team was my advisor at the time. I enjoyed the process so much that um, I immediately started started talking with him and Mark, who is the original founder of the company, about joining the team. I took about a year off. I bought that other site. I waited. It was four months later, and I bought bought that other site. And I went back to doing some media buying stuff, and realized it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And I've been talking to Mark and Jason all along. And I joined the company uh, in April of 2012, and very quickly became you know, the, the one that was producing 70% of the revenue. Um, I just worked all the time. I loved it. Uh, and it was really something I was born to do because all I focused on was how many people can I help? Right. And I think a lot of more people need to think this way in business, right? Not how much money can I make, but how many people can I help? What kind of a difference can I make in their lives? And then when you do that, um, and they tell you about it, it fills your cup. Uh, emotionally and, and, and whatnot. It also fills your bank account. Um, I ended up closing 23 transactions in the calendar year 2013, which is just insane. There's no way to do it today. The deal transaction, the deal sizes are much larger. Mark and I became business partners uh, not too long after. Um, and now we've got a team of uh, 15 advisors. They're all entrepreneurs first and foremost. The company is Quiet Light Brokerage. And everybody on the team that is an advisor has built, bought, or sold their own online business mm-hmm. and then joined the team as an advisor, just like myself. And then I've taken all of that experience. I've personally closed about a hundred million in total transactions mm-hmm. and through the team touched another half billion uh, in total transactions. Uh, and these are all online exits. I've had 5,000 conversations one-on-one with entrepreneurs over the years. Wow. And that's a conservative. I did the math mm-hmm. and it feels more like eight. Yeah. And there's just no way that I could keep up the pace of having that many conversations uh, and, and helping them with understanding the value of what they have and helping them reverse engineer a path to their goals. So I, I had to, I, I wanted to, I had a passion to do it and I, and, and I had to write the Exitpreneur's Playbook. It, uh, it's a book that I feel like it needed to be written and um, can reach more people than I can reach one-on-one conversations and help more people. So you joined Quiet Light as kind of a broker, or kind of a sales rep. And then, I was a broker. And, broker. A broker. and then, so what has transitioned since that time and how has your role morphed? Well, I think, you know, in that first calendar year, let's call it the first full calendar year of 2013, you know, we might've done a total of 15 million in total transactions. And there were me, Mark, Amanda, and Jason at the time. Um, this calendar year, 2021, uh, we will probably do 250 million in total closed wow. transactions. 
uh, back then the average deal size might have been one hundred and twenty, one hundred twenty-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Uh, right now we're at about one point eight on average. Uh, mm-hmm. So the 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 industry has grown up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, For sure, it's, it's not just us. It's it's the industry. The the uh, understanding that you know an online business really does have value. It is truly a business. That whether it's a a WooCommerce site, a Shopify, Shopify site, or a FBA seller, or a combination yep. uh, all of those, or a content site or a SaaS business, they all have value. It's uh, trying to figure out what the correct value is, making sure that the uh, owners understand what brings va- value, what buyers want, and and what they fear, and making sure that you focus on that a little bit on that fear stuff, so that your the, your your business value doesn't get diminished when you go to sell. Right. Right. So if, if you and I were jumping on elevator, we're going up eight to 10 floors. You got about 30 to 45 seconds or whatever to kind of give me the pitch of quiet light. Tell me, what would you tell me? Well, boy, uh, th- this is the thing, you know, we don't pitch, we help first and foremost. So right. we've been there, we've done it. We've all built, bought and sold our own online businesses. And now we're just here to help others understand that process and get them through the exit you know, as smoothly as possible with as much value as possible to both them and the buyer. It has to be a win-win. And when that happens, quiet light wins as well. Um, Our engagement letters are short. We don't charge a nickel before um, the transaction closes. If we don't succeed, we don't earn money. We um, help first and foremost. We give advice. We give people paths to go on, hoping that they'll choose us. Allowing them to choose us, not not roping them into signing an engagement letter. That's why I chose Quiet Light to begin with, because Mark helped me. He guided me, gave me advice, mm-hmm. told me to go away, come back in six months, which is what I did. It was in my best interest. So we'll always put people's best interests first, and in the long run, that's going to help everybody. So was their pathway to starting Quiet Light similar to yours, where they they had had either been very successful in exit or they had struggled to an exit, and they saw that there were gaps in the market and they could fill them? Yeah, Mark, Mark founded the company in 2007 and he had a, a business that he wanted to sell and he mm-hmm. did end up having a broker and the broker was a quasi brick and mortar broker and mm-hmm. kind of dabbled in the online space. But the, look, this is 2007. Yeah, early um, days. Yeah, early, early days. And uh, he thought he could do a better job than that broker. And uh, so he did, right? He, he started brokering. And he tried the traditional broker model, bringing on salespeople to mm-hmm. be brokers, and it failed epically, mm. right? Because there's so many nuances to an online business that you can't just, you know, be a salesperson and pitch and sell. You really need to understand all of those nuances and and have and and be there and and, and do it. And so, in 2010, early 2010, Market sold Jason Yellowitz a business. And Jason enjoyed the process, ended up selling another business through Quiet Light, and then pest to join the team <laughs> and say, listen, you're doing it wrong. You don't need salespeople. You need entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. And he, Mark, Mark finally gave in and said, fine, here's a listing for you. And he gave him the worst possible listing he could think of. And Jason sold it, helped the buyer, helped the seller, made the transaction work. And that's really what started our model just having um, entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. So that was it. Is this mostly inbound? I mean, are, are you, uh, it doesn't sound like th- that there's any high pressure anywhere in this process. So is this, is this mostly, you know, companies reaching out or individuals reaching out to you that said, hey, I hear you do this. I, I'm thinking about exiting my company. 
you know, I'm exactly. selling my company. Uh, so, so where do we go here? From here? I was just looking at, at, at our, our deal dashboard year to date, 53% of our transactions are from referrals. Mm. That's wow. huge. Yeah, Considering that's, the that is total number that I just told you about. Yeah. Um, it's people that have connected with us or worked with us in one way, shape or form. And they're referring their friends and associates and colleagues and mastermind groups to us. We also have our own podcast, the quiet light podcast. We have a sizable email list. We've been doing this for a long time. It's we a great podcast, events. by the way. Thank you very much. We attend uh, lots of events uh, now that they're starting to open back up. It's mm-hmm. going to be a busy fall for us. Um, and we just love to have conversations, right? The more conversations that we can have, the more people we can connect with and help and guide, and the more that's going to grow our business by helping them. Now, what type of events would, would attract Quiet Light? Are these e-commerce events or these? Yeah. What, what type yeah. of events? Yeah. So there are events for uh, online entrepreneurs, whether mm-hmm. it's FinCon, which is a financial mm-hmm. oriented conference or Content Marketing World or White Label Expo or the Prosper Show, what's happening in the month of July, which is 100% Amazon oriented. Those are all much bigger events and shows that lots of people go to and there's lots of booths. And those are great, but our favorite is mastermind events. So, mm. you know, e-commerce fuel or Blue Ribbon Mastermind or Brand Accelerator Live, where you might be talking about 150 to 250 people max. Yeah. And we have the same advisors go to them year after year. So when you go, you're 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 just going to hang out with old friends, right? You become friends with them, you have conversations, you enjoy their company. You're not <laughs> you're not there necessarily representing Quiet Light. You're mm-hmm. there as a, a sponsor of the event, yes, but we're spending time with friends and answering any questions and guiding them and instilling confidence in them. And whether they use us or not, we're, we're sharing advice and, and tidbits and tips. And you ever get stage time at events like this that, mm-hmm. that talks about, you know, I, I mean, if I was putting the event on, I would love to have you on the stage to talk about, you know, how you can exit, how you you can buy, you know, the buying and selling of these. Yeah, it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing. Um, yes and no. Uh, some events where they have multiple brokers that are uh, there, uh, mm. they don't want to have uh, a broker up on stage because it's unfair to the others. Yeah. And then there's the broker stigma, right? Oh, and they're a broker. They're just going to get up there and pitch their services and sell, sell, sell. That's why I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, because it's not who we are. It's not what we do. So I, I wrote the Exopreneur's Playbook to separate myself from that broker uh, label, that broker status to, you know, an author that has published a selling book that is out there helping entrepreneurs understand the value of what is likely their greatest asset and right. that is their business to trying to take all of the mystery out of, um, you know, valuations and deal structures and letters of attendance and working with aggregators that is the big push these days and, and things of that nature. So you, you mentioned a minute ago, the kind of the, the biggest source of, of, you know, is either inbound or referrals, you know, as far as people contacting you and, and you, you making those connections and developing those relationships. So tell me what's the, what's the buy, the, the sell side, what's, what's the marketplace that, that, uh, I mean, do you have your own marketplace? Do you list this on, you know, online you know, Anyone that is out there looking for an online business to buy, mm-hmm. they have got to know who we are. They would find us, right? If you go, you know, how do I buy an online business? Y- you will find us. You're either 
you know, if you're not part of our list already, if you're not listening to the podcast, if you haven't, don't know us through events or different mastermind groups, but it's easy enough to find us online. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we have, you know, a email list that's been developed over the last 14 years. And that list gets our email updates when we launch new listings, which is almost, you know, one a day now. Um, and so they'll get that. So they're getting listing alert emails with what's coming up. Um, but they're also hunting. The, the, the most aggressive buyers are um, making sure that they're looking every day, making sure that they're touching base with you know certain advisors every day, chatting with them, saying what's coming up, what do you got going on, is it a good fit? I love the pet space. I want to buy an, you know, a pet business. Right. Do you have anything in that category? But uh, right now, um, you know, Kevin, we don't have a, a shortage of buyers. We have a shortage right. of sellers. Right. We've had an we've had an average, and this is a an exceptional year because of the FBA business space and what's happening with the aggregators, which are essentially private equity firms buying them up. Um, we've had an average of four and a half offers on every listing year to date. And like how long would they be live before you would say we would have these four offers? Um, I can give you the exact numbers. Let me see if this is year to date. And this is year to date. So we deals from beginning to end, once they go live to close, 91 days. From wow. launch to LOI, the average is 49 days. And keep in mind, this is taking into account deals that are a million dollars and deals that are 25 million. So that $25 million one is going to take six months, probably mm -hmm. quite a bit longer. Yep. And you know, the average deal size at 1.8 is going to, it's going to close within 90 days from listing to close transaction where there's money in the bank. So it's almost like the perfect storm. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of money in the market. The interest rates are low. Um, I mean, money's available you know, to even to borrow. So is this the best time in the world to sell your business? No, no. The best time of the in the world to sell your business is when it's right for you, right? You got to be emotionally prepared. You got to be um, great point. trained for it, right? You don't want to just wake up one day and sell your business because then it's not going to be as valuable as it could be. You want to get some training. You want to understand it. And I use the word training because I hate the word the two words exit planning, right? It just mm -hmm. makes your eyes bleed. So you want to get some training. You want to learn, you want to understand the nuances, what brings value again, what plummets value, what, what is an ad back? How is, how is, how is a online business even valued in the sub $25 million range, right? Mm -hmm. It's a multiple of sellers, discretionary earnings. It's net income plus ad backs. Okay. What's an ad back? Well, there's 18 different levels of ad back. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's math and it's logic, but there's so much nuance to it. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to help online entrepreneurs avoid the ignorance discount. That's some, that's something that they give to the buyer when they don't do a proper valuation of their own company. They don't know proper ad back schedule. They're giving that buyer instant equity because they said, I can do that. Right. We have an entrepreneurial affliction. We think we can do everything. Right. And that helps us get to the point of being a successful entrepreneur but we have to understand what we're not good at. Uh, somebody's told me the other day, it was, it was gonna uh, ask me anything uh, for an event called ExitCon. And uh, the, one of the other advisors on the panel that's from a, a European company said, look, if you look at a, a publicly traded company or even just a, a Fortune 500 company or a company that's doing 100 million in revenue, the CEO of that company, when he wants to sell his business, he's not going to say, I got this. I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to save the broker fee. He's not going to do that because he's 
pretty smart guy. He understands what he's good at and knows that this is, uh, you know, a big risk and he's not taking that risk. Um, a, a lot of people in the sub 25 million space, you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We think we can do everything. Um, it's different from a hundred million dollar CEO where they probably graduated from a very good master's program uh, at Yale or Harvard or something like that. And they were hired into that role. We're bootstrapped startup entrepreneurs. We can do anything, but we need to make sure that we don't promote ourselves to our own level of incompetence, either within the business to the point where we don't enjoy it. Then we yep. have lots of staff that we don't enjoy managing or to the point where we say, I got this and we don't do a proper ad back schedule and do the simplest thing, which is calculating sellers discretionary earnings properly. I mean, that, that is such a great way to describe, you know, just the, like the different levels of, of capabilities and the different levels of experience and how, and even perspective. But so as you were, you were talking, I'm thinking, you know, go back to the thing you've mentioned two or three times in the, in the podcast about, you know, we're actually in the business of helping people. Yeah, we truly, I mean, it's not just a trite saying a fun little quick, you know, quippy little saying, I mean, it, it really is who we are. It's kind of our DNA, but yeah. I think of the, like, if you're talking about that, like the seller's journey, you know, that, that they're going to go on. I mean, how, I mean, do you encounter people that are really 12 months early? I mean, you, you know, you said you were going to, you mentioned you were going to sell your business. You said, come back in six months, you know, when yeah. initially, but so are you working with people through that entire process? Because I, I would say like, let's say I'm a, hypothetically bring me, I'm, I'm bringing, coming to you and saying, Hey, I want you to help me sell this. And you take a look and you kind of do a deep dive and do some due diligence, you know, into the, into the books and the processes and everything around yeah. what I do. And I would say based on your experience and the things you've seen, you could, you could identify a number of things that I could do in the next six to 12 months that would, you know, some X multiple what I'm currently doing. Everybody in the team can do that. Absolutely. But that's, yep. I mean, that, that takes time. So, I mean, would you work with somebody for 12 months or is it like, we're going to tell you what to do. We'll nah. see you in six months type thing. What's, what's kind of the, the average You're stuck with us. Process? We're stuck with you. And occasionally we're going to be working with somebody. And at the end of the day, they choose to go somewhere else, even though we've been helping them for six to 12 months, whatever the case might be. And, you know, I doubt that happens very often. It, it, occasionally, right? You yeah. win some, you lose some. That's the old saying. But, you know, um, so the first thing I do, you know, you say you want to sell your business. So to say, okay, how much do you want to sell it for? And you might say, well, I want a four-time multiple. I'm like, okay, you've been talking to too many people around the water cooler. You don't put multiples in the bank account, Kevin. How much do you want to sell your business for in dollars? Give me a number. That's right. <laughs> well, I was hoping you'd tell me how much it's worth. I'm like, okay, I can do that, but let's reverse engineer a path to your goal. How much do you want to sell you? 10 million. Great. Okay. So how much are you doing in revenue now? We can do some of this on a call, all ballpark. 15,000. <laughs> 15,000, right? So if you're doing a million bucks in revenue now, I can ballpark. You're probably, depending upon the type of business, let's just say it's a physical products business. You might be doing 15% in discretionary earnings. So you're 150,000, 200,000 maybe. So let's go with an even number, 200,000. That might be worth six to $800,000 is not worth 10 million. So now you know what your goal is and you know where you are, or you will know where you are because that's ballpark. Next thing is let's do that deep dive into the P&Ls. Let's import it. Let's look at the strengths and weaknesses. We're going to do an ad back schedule. I'm going to educate you. I got to train you. I'm training you to understand what, you know, is bringing value, what the ad backs are, 
decisions that you're going to make and how it's going to affect the value of your business. So we're going to firm up that discretionary earnings number and firm up the value of your business so you can see how close or how far you are from it. So let's just say that you were hoping to sell it for 1.5 million and now you're at 800,000, but you're growing 50% year over year. It's not like it's going to take forever, right? It's going to take 18 months because you're growing 50% year over right. year, right? So we would go through that kind of analysis um, and, and then just talk about the process and answer any and all questions that we can. And then just be here for you, you know, get a quarterly update call, things of that nature. Meet you at a mastermind. If I'm in Austin, you're in Austin, we'll get together, that type of thing. So it's, it's, it's a crazy, I've got a mentor that, you know, Walter, Uncle Walter, um, when I explained the business model to him, he said, Joe, and this is, this is as I was becoming a partner, Mark and I were becoming partners. He's like, Joe, I, I don't know. It just sounds like you're giving everything away for free and hoping that they, they, they hire you. I'm like, yes, that's exactly it, Walter. And it's, it works, right? Cause we're helping. And the same thing goes for the entrepreneur that's out there running a business, whether it is a cleaning supply business or, a, a, you know, a, a cleaning houses uh, air conditioning business or an online business selling grilling aprons. If you think about building a great business for yourself, so there's a great customer interaction and a great business for the next buyer, you're going to get a great price for it. Mm. When all you do is build a, a business on a house of cards because you're trying to take every nickel and dime out of it and screw the customer, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it's interesting that, I mean, how few people actually think about you're actually building this for the next buyer. You know, you're, you're not just building it for you. And if, if there, if, if you do plan on, you know, exiting. everybody's going to exit their business someday, whether yep. it's through death, divorce, passing it on to your children or losing it to competition. You know, you, you want to control your own destiny. And again, that's why you want to get trained for this. It's not, it, it, it used, it can be all consuming, you know, and, and you can, I can only, the team can only talk to so many people. And again, that's, that's the point of, of, of writing it all down, right? This is the, the Exitpreneur's Playbook is the first book that I know of. I've done, I've done the research. I've looked. It's the first book that's specific to the online M&A space. Mm. There's nothing else out there uh, like it. And it, it, again, it's supposed to take all the mystery out of it and help those that are, that are trying to help themselves that might be saying, I got this and are going to go ahead and sell on their own. At the very least, you know, Look at chapter 11 on ABEX to make sure you're calculating discretionary earnings. Make sure that you're, you're, you're doing an ad back for your, your cash back money that you're putting over into your personal account. It's still mm -hmm. an owner benefit. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an owner benefit and it's, uh, it should be added back. Right. Yeah. So I, I, you know, you talked about the process. You've talked about kind of, uh, you know, your philosophy and, you know, you've even kind of, I, th I think you've identified almost your target market. So, I mean, you're normally somewhere between what a million and 25 million. Is that, would that be fair? Yeah. I mean, you know, at one point it used to be, client? yeah, it used to be 250 and up. Um, but it seems to be creeping up a little bit, you know, so mm -hmm. I, I, I'd call it five to 20, 500,000 to 25 million. But if you look at the site, we actually have five listings under 500,000 right now. Mm-hmm. We've got, so we've got something, I think there's one for 50,000 uh, all the way up to 22 or 23 million. So how, how many are live at any given time on the average? Good question. We have 34 under LOI right now and 23 mm -hmm. live. So, okay. you know, we've got, uh, it's, it's a lot. We've, we've, we've launched about a hundred listings so far this year. I'm only halfway through the year. 
Is there a little psychology with, um, like if somebody comes to your site and is looking to buy a business or whatever, and they, they may look at it and you've got 50, you know, come back six months, you've got four. I mean, that could be because you guys are just rock stars and, and helping people sell businesses, or it could be indicative of, you know, the market has shifted. Uh, so how, what is the, what is the psychology with kind of the marketplace? I, well, first of all, we would never, and, and have never, and will never manipulate total listings to, mess with people's psychology so they'll act more quickly right? no i don't i don't mean you're manipulating that i'm saying that you know just that's the reality of yeah, what the no, marketplace it, it is, is so it is it's it's getting very frustrating for buyers in general um to find a, a business because there's so much competition mm. right um it's 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 just getting more and more difficult and and uh, quiet light in our team. Uh, you know, we're entrepreneurs. We've got a business just like everybody else that's out there running a business. And you have to make a decision. How big do you want to get? How quickly are you going to grow? We have to do the same thing. Right. Say, all right, are we going to open the sales wide and let this, you know, carry us across the sea? And if we do that, how much growth do we have to have mm. team wise? And we have to be very careful to make sure that we maintain the level of service and brand and reputation of quiet light because it's taken us 14 years to build it up. We don't want to, you know, destroy it in, in 12 months because we just were grabbing for money. Um, so, uh, you know, we uh, historically in the last, in the last five, five years, we probably brought on two new advisors a year. Um, and uh, I think in the last 12 months, it's been four. So we've, mm -hmm. you know, yes, it was, two in 2020 and two in 2021, but uh, we'll, we'll wind up with a couple more advisors before the end of the year. But again, they've got to be rock star entrepreneurs first and foremost. Right, um, right. And, and the headwinds are there. We just have to make sure that we're uh, managing the brand and reputation servicing and not, and not promoting ourselves beyond our own level of incompetence. Right. And that, mm. and that might be, in terms of HR and managing staff and things of that nature. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody has to grow up at some point and, and market and I are doing the same thing. We're going, okay, we're, we're not a small company anymore. We're going to do quarter of a billion in <laughs> close yeah. transactions. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's make sure we get the proper support staff so that the advisors can have more conversations uh, and help more people. That's what, uh, and then, and then there's building tech behind that. It's a, it's a wonderful process. That's me being sarcastic, by the way. <laughs> so, so how much liability exposure is there for, for brokers that are for business brokers? Like, um, I mean, I know you would do a tremendous amount of uh, due diligence, you know, and really drill down and really have a good understanding of the businesses you're trying to help, help sell. Yeah. But like I buy a, you know, hate to use the phrase, a pig and a poke, you know, I, I buy a million dollar company and it's worth, you know, 75,000. I'm angry at somebody. And, you know, is there, is there some exposure that you would have as the broker, um, you know, that, that would, I guess, put your, uh, not just reputation, but financially put you on the line. The, the answer, the answer is sh should be no, right. We've got attorneys that draft engagement letters and non-disclosure agreements and, and, and contracts that, 
you know, build layers and protect us. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that, you, you know, that person that's angry at everybody and they're going to see what sticks would right. attempt something. We've been very fortunate in, in, in the 14 years that we've been doing this. There's been one lawsuit, one situation like that. And it was an unfortunate situation and it was not us. Mm -hmm. It was, it was something else that happened. We're very, very much, you know, putting the buyer, I'm sorry, putting the seller through the ringer and through mm -hmm. our process, but more so by building a relationship with them and getting to know them and trusting them. And mm -hmm. um, we're not doing third party report verifications and things of that nature. That's not our role. Mm -hmm. um, but we're getting direct exports and analyzing numbers and looking at analytics and reports and things of that nature, but we're not doing a full deep dive into due diligence, verify every number and every report and, and right. whatnot. We strongly encourage every buyer to hire a third-party due diligence firm mm -hmm. if it's the first time they've ever purchased something. And if it's the first time they've ever purchased something and they go to buy another one, they know through experience that they're going to hire that same firm. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and one of the best ones out there that specializes in uh, uh, due diligence for online businesses is a company called Centurica, C-U-N-T-U-R-I-C-A. They also have a, a marketplace where they actually aggregate all the listings from every broker in the online world. And you can see all of them on their marketplace and you can um, narrow down your search to specific niches or sizes or SBA approval and things of that nature. So centurica.com and market watch. And, you know, I was going to ask you if there was an MLS service, you know, uh, I guess the equivalent of MLS, you know, service for, for online businesses. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. It used to be biz by sell, but you know, everybody would need to post their own listings in biz by mm -hmm. sell. And then people really stopped looking at biz by sell for mm -hmm. online businesses. We just didn't, our buyers weren't there. Yeah. Right? The, the, the local brick and mortar business person is there, mm -hmm. um, but the online world is not. So Chris at Centurica has done that with, with market watch and, uh, and, and, and us, we, as, as an advisor, we don't need to do a thing. He just pulls it all in mm -hmm. um, without us listing of lifting a finger, which is great. So right. when I'm having conversations with buyers, which is probably 30% of the conversations we have. And they're on the hunt. I had, had one this morning with a couple of guys that run an agency in the online world and they want to buy a business to bring into the agency and grow it and use that as their example to try new things and test new things, but also to flip it in three mm -hmm. or four years and earn some money. And they're like, you know, looking for something that might be a little smaller than our average transaction size. And I've known these guys for a while. I'm like, you've got to go to Centurica. Go yep. to Centurica's Market Watch, and you can check all these boxes, and then all of these listings will show up in your inbox. But then you've mm -hmm. got to do the work. You've actually mm -hmm. got to look at those listings. You've got to, it's 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 almost a full time job. But before you do any of that, you got to get your ducks in a row financially so that you're prepared to buy that business when it shows up. Yeah, and don't dream of buying a business that checks every single box on your wish list. Not going to happen. But if it checks eight out of ten or seven out of ten. It's pretty good and you can work on fixing those other things, but you got to be prepared to pull the trigger. No, I'm not talking about in an hour after the listing comes up. You still mm -hmm. go through the process. You still right. analyze the numbers, have a conversation with the seller, make an offer. And then you've got due diligence after that. Once you're under letter of intent, you've got a, you know, generally a, a two or three week period where you're doing a deep dive into the financials mm -hmm. and the analytics and things of that nature. And that's what Centurica does. They help with that aspect of it.
And are you actually representing the seller in the yeah. transaction? Okay. Yeah, we, so, we, but we are you represent the sell side? But you are handling kind of the the intermediary communication between the two, or are you just connecting them together? Hundred percent intermediary. We're white glove. We're we're there the entire way. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not a, a listing marketplace. There are listing right. marketplaces that are out there. That's not what we are or, or what we do. Um, the team uh, is there with that seller from point A, which is that first conversation, all the way through to closing and training and transition, and 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 things afterwards if needed. But you're also you said you're also having buyers contact you as well. They're looking for certain types of businesses. Are you? Are you helping them find that as well? Are you active, you know, proactively looking on their behalf as well? No, we're not going out and and going, hey, Mr. Pet Product Seller, I've got a buyer that would like to buy your pet product yeah. business. Um, it's 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 not a, a service that we provide. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's yeah, we've thought about it. There's been a lot of questions about that and and whatnot, but the reality is that as a buyer you got to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. Even the guys, you know, people that are, are, are well-known in the industry for one thing, they, you know, they may want to have a conversation with a broker, whoever it might be, an advisor and say, this is, this is what I want. Bring it to me, right? It, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. You've got you've to get your ducks in a row, use Centricus Market Watch, and then get to work. Mm-hmm. And look at as many listings as possible yeah. because you're better off looking at listings from all the different brokerage firms than just narrowing in on quiet light brokerage mm-hmm. listings because mm-hmm. we're only going to have so many, right? right. And we're getting right. four and a half offers on every one that we have. <laughs> so you you might as well open up your search and 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 you know dig in. You've got to dig in, but but before you have your financial ducks in a row, you you really shouldn't bother. I mean, you're already at a like almost 25% chance of, of winning the bid anyway. So I mean, it's yeah. exponentially getting worse. <laughs> right. So one of the things that I'm trying to educate people on, and again, I can't do this one-on-one conversations. My goal, my goal with the book is, is to reach a million entrepreneurs over the next 10 years. So that's a million books a year. No, it's a hundred thousand books a year um, is, is educating them so that they they're not afraid to make a, a, a fair or generous offer on a business because they're so well-trained that they can look at your business that you have listed, Kevin, on your own. You decided to say, I got this, and you listed it on your own, and you didn't, you didn't do accrual accounting. Your business is growing like crazy, but you're presenting a, a cash P&L to me, and you've got lots of inventory. Well, that's depressing your discretionary earnings. I'd love to buy that business from mm-hmm. you because I'm going to get instant equity because of yeah. your ignorance discount that you're giving me. So, you know, the 25% shot of buying a business, um, you know, you can look at it where a lot of people would just say, this is what I'm looking for. I don't want to pay more than a, you know, I, I want, you know, utility patent design patent. I want it to be five years old. I want, you know, 17 SKUs with equal income from each of them. And I want to be on, you know, Shopify and Amazon and Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Amazon Germany. And I don't want to pay more than a two and a half multiple. Okay. Ain't going to happen. I have ropes with the unicorn in the parking lot. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. So you got to get realistic. Look at what things are listed for out there. Get educated, get training and get comfortable with the fact that you may pay a higher multiple. You may pay at asking or even a higher multiple but you may 
be smart enough because you're so well-trained that you know there's instant equity. So at the end yeah. of the day, once you own that business and you do a proper ad-back schedule, you're actually gaining $40,000 in discretionary earnings and $120,000 in value. So, it, it, you know, it's, I hate it. I don't want everything to be all about the multiples, right? So the multiple is what's the multiple of the business. It's discretionary earnings times three, discretionary earnings times four, discretionary earnings times two. Those are multiples, two, three, four. And too many buyers are focused on that mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, Matt Howitt. Matt, Matt's bought five businesses from Quiet Light. He owns a company down at Austin called Profound Commerce. And he is perfectly comfortable paying more for the business because he'll just do a short pro forma looking out three months. Okay, so I'm competing against five buyers. It's a million dollars. What's it going to look like three months out? If I pay 1.1, what's my multiple if I look out three months? Oh, it's not a 3.5. It's actually a 3.1. All I have to do is let 90 days pass and the multiple goes down in my business. So he's been very successful at winning, even though sometimes, Kevin, he's not paying the most in cash. It's not always whoever pays the most cash. There's a little secret. You actually have to be likable uh, in yeah. order to win the deal as well. Yeah. Because people that are selling want to feel confident they're going to get through mm-hmm. due diligence and all mm-hmm. the way to through to closing and still like you at the end of the day because yeah. they're going to have a relationship with you in training and transition. So Matt does that very, very well. So, man, I, I have kept you far longer than than uh, I promised when we started this, but uh, I, I could continue to ask you questions literally all day long. And and I know you could answer them in well into the evening, but let's let's kind of wrap up today. Just just talk about the book, who it's written for. Um, what are the, what are the kind of the, the biggest helps that, you know, would, would, uh, be most applicable. I mean, is it on the belt buy side, the sell side, both sides, uh, yeah. just, let's wrap it up with the book. Appreciate it. Yeah, I wrote it. It's, it's called the Exopreneur's playbook. I wrote it because I felt it had to be written because there's so much misinformation out there about selling an online business. So I actually wrote it for sellers, uh, so that they'd understand the valuation process, the math behind it. The nuances, the you know, the the four pillars of value: what buyers want, what they fear, what a letter of intent is, what points need to be in it, asset purchase agreements, deal structures. There's like s- seven deal structures, and then when you add cash to each one of those, is fourteen. Um, it, it just takes the seller through the entire process in a book at their own pace on their nightstand or whenever they want to grab a whiskey or beer or their ginger ale or, or drink of choice. So I, I did write it for the sellers, mm-hmm. but oddly enough, oddly enough, I've gotten a lot of feedback from buyers and some reviews. If you take a look at Amazon, some of the reviews uh, that it's almost like a, a, a secret guide for the buyers um, when they're out there buying, it really helps them understand how these businesses are valued and uh, helps them take a look at what is um, underinflated and overinflated in terms of the PL and the, and the overall value of the business. I, I um I don't care if I ever make a nickel off the book. I really don't. Um, I'd give it away for free, but then it would diminish the value of it. It's 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 not expensive. It's a book, right? Um, just like I I told Uncle Walter, I'm giving it away. It's all there. Um, the goal is truly to help as many people as possible understand the value of of the greatest asset. And I hope I did a great job with it. It's it's very conversational. There's some. Um, kind of the personal stories in there, some of my own personal successes and my own epic failures. 
there's definitely some stories in there about people that did an incredible job and how they did it. And, and those that made some pretty big mistakes and, 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 and their epic failures as well. And I definitely use first names only and change the names on the epic failures. Not my own though, of course. <laughs> and this is available on Amazon and other, other marketplaces. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble. You can just search for Exitpreneur or you can go to my site, which is exitpreneur.io. Well, Joe, I am very grateful you taking the time today. Is there any anything you just want to just a golden nugget to wrap us up with today, and uh, maybe the best place to find you online? Uh, you can just you can find me uh, on LinkedIn. You can just search my name. You'll find me on LinkedIn. Go to quietlight.com or expertner.io. Uh, just do the right thing. Be a good human. That's the golden nugget. It's not complicated, right? Just just be a good person build a good business um, and think about the next person that's going to buy it from you. And I promise you, you will get more value for it than if you try to cheat, lie, and steal. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure having the, the chat today. And I, once again, I thank you for your flexibility today and, and just sharing just so much value in, in such a short period of time and really exemplifying what we try to do here at Rising Tide. And that's really helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Joe, have a great evening. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.